Welcome to Subway Sports Talk. Dan, 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 clear of the closing doors, please. Subway Sports Talk. My name is Peter Kennedy, and I am your host. Thank you so much, as always, for tuning into SST on Apple Podcast apps, Spotify, and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on your podcast apps, and follow us on social at Subway Sports Talk on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. But now it's time for us to talk about something that's very specific and important to New York sports fans right now. And no, it's not the fluttering Yankees or the Mets. It's Saquon Barkley, this contract situation, and what the Giants and this star running back are going to do moving forward. Will he hold out? Will he not? Will he play on the tag? Will he not? Will he get a new contract? He will not. All these questions are being thrown out there. All these takes are being thrown out there by people who are talking about the running back position for better or worse, and they're talking about all these different running backs across the league, and a lot of running backs themselves are being very outspoken about this situation. But it's a lot more complicated than it needs to be. Because can I see the point that many of these running backs are making, that they grind and they put in work and they are some of the most talented football players we have in this universe? Absolutely yes. Without a doubt. When Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler get out there on their platforms and speak ill will about the running back contract situation in the NFL, I sympathize. I understand. I see what they're saying. But this is also not new. This is not new to the running back position. This is not new to sports in general across different positions, across different sports, across a long period of time. You can go through all different sorts of sports and pick out different points in time where certain positions were valued, devalued, and etc. It happens frequently. And the game of football clearly has moved in a way where passing is most important, where quarterbacks have become a next-level amount of importance, and the cap control is crucial for any team to have any amount of sustained success. Way back when, running backs were able to put teams on their backs for seasons and seasons at a time. And even some of those greats did not last as long as we would have liked to as fans because we enjoyed watching them so much. In the NBA, centers were all the rave for a long time. And now, unless you're a do-it-all center like Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid or DeMontis Sabonis, it doesn't make sense to build and put the cap all into your favor. It just doesn't. And the running back position is very similar. And again, I'm a little bit shocked that some people are so confused by this notion that some people don't understand why this is happening and why Saquon Barkley isn't getting paid. Perhaps it's a unique situation for the Giants and Saquon Barkley because of what he meant to this offense last year, because of what he meant to this offense every year he's been healthy since he was drafted uh, five years ago. He's been elite. He's been special. He's been putting this offense on his back in many, many ways. However, there's some numbers here that have nothing to do with rushing yards at this point in time that really do not favor the arguments that these running backs are making because they're speaking very much from an emotional standpoint, which I understand. They're speaking very much of what they're doing day to day 
day in, day out, grinding, hitting, running people over, scoring touchdowns. They're thinking about those specific moments. But when you take a step back and try to educate yourself on the situation of running backs in the NFL, it's not always that clear or straightforward. So I went back all the way to the 2017 season, the 2018 Super Bowl, and looked at every single Super Bowl winner and loser of their respective year to see what they were paying their running backs. And unfortunately for these guys, for these running backs, for these dudes who we love on our fantasy teams, it doesn't really put them in a favorable light. You go through it from 2017. I'm going to go through all the teams and all the running backs from 2017 to last year. And you will, or maybe you won't. Maybe you're on the same page as me. Maybe you won't be shocked at how few teams were paying big money to running backs. Maybe you will be shocked to learn that Saquon Barkley has been making top dollar at the running back position since he was drafted five years ago. But when you look at how you build teams in today's NFL, it is almost clear cut and dry that some of the best teams in the league, some of the best organizations that we have, have been finding value in other spots, in other ways. Finding running backs who can do a job because the O-line is good, because the quarterback is good, because the weapons are good. And there's a few unique scenarios that we're going to get to where maybe a running back was paid. And maybe it's just because they happen to have a quarterback and a wide receiver core that wasn't paid yet, right? So it's a very delicate balance in the NFL. It's a very hard tightrope to walk for these organizations who I know they value these guys a lot. I know that the Giants desperately want Saquon Barkley on their side in 2023. They need him, let's be frank. Without him, Daniel Jones is not as good. Without him, our very, very mediocre wide receiver core is not as good. And he means a whole, whole lot to what this team can or cannot do on the offensive side of the ball. Before I get into the Super Bowl teams over the past five years, let me just read this to you. Since Saquon Barkley entered the league in 2018, here are his rankings amongst running backs for uh, where he ranks in the contract standings. Where does he land in that money-making mode for running backs across the league? Entering the league as a rookie, he made the seventh most or the seventh highest salary amongst running backs in the league. In his second year in 2019, he was sixth. In 2020, third. 2021, second highest paid running back in the league, and 2022, fifth highest paid running back in the league. And that's not to say that Saquon Barkley doesn't deserve to continue to get paid. That's not to say that Saquon Barkley isn't one of the best five or six running backs in the league. He is. But it is to say that this Giants team has been cap hamstrung for years already, and to put money back into the running back position where there's desperately so many other needs on this team with a depleted wide receiver core and a quarterback who just got paid, which some people agree with, some people don't. I personally think the Daniel Jones contract came out much more favorably than I expected it to, and I'm pleased with it. I think the guarantees and the average annual salary, it gets a little convoluted. It gets a little bit muddied up. But when it comes down to it, Daniel Jones is getting paid a reasonable amount of money to be a top half, top 10-ish quarterback with room to still grow under Brian Dable, hopefully with more receivers on their way to MetLife in the future. So it's a delicate balance. So let's go back. 
to the 2017 season and the 2018 Super Bowl where the Philadelphia Eagles took on the New England Patriots. For the Eagles that year, here are their running backs and where they ranked in highest paid running backs amongst the the leaderboard. Darren Sproles, 15th. LeGarrette Blunt, 43rd. Wendell Smallwood and Cody Clement so far down the list that I didn't want to count. I'll call them minimums. So Sproles, Blunt, Smallwood, and Clement. A pretty good group. A group that did a lot of good things. 15th, 43rd, minimum, minimum. Let's go to the Patriots. Mike Gillisley, perhaps the least important running back on the Patriots that year. 16th highest paid running back in 2017. Followed by Rex Burkhead at 21 and Deion Lewis. I'm sorry, Rex Burkhead 21, James White at 34, and Deion Lewis at 35 or 39. Do you see a trend? I think I am. In 2018, 2019 Super Bowl, Patriots took on the Rams. The Patriots won that one, and their running backs were Rex Burkhead at 24, James White at 22, and Sony Michelle at 30. That's actually pretty high, believe it or not. You'll see as we move on. The Rams, on the other hand, one of those outliers. Todd Gurley, second highest paid running back in the league that year where they made the Super Bowl. But let's think about the situation. Let's think about the specifics. Let's educate ourselves on why that worked for the Rams. They had an expensive defense with a lot of star talent, but they had Jared Goff on a rookie contract. They had Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Brandon Cooks, making the money combined as equal to probably one of the top paid receivers in the NFL. So it worked for them. Todd Gurley was a beast that year. Todd Gurley also fell apart short after that. Something that I wish didn't happen because I loved watching that dude play football. Something that I obviously don't wish to happen to Saquon Barkley because I love watching him play football. I love watching him play football for the New York Giants. That's one of the outliers. Let's go on to 2019, the 2020 Super Bowl. Chiefs took down the 49ers. What did the Chiefs have at running back that year? They had LaShawn McCoy, the 20th highest paid running back that year. Damian Williams at 34, and Darrell Williams I put as a minimum, again, because I didn't want to count that far down the list, and it wasn't numbered. McCoy, Damian Williams, Darrell Williams, 20, 34, minimum. San Francisco 49ers, their running back team, they rely on their running backs a lot. Listen to this. Jarek McKinnon was the ninth highest paid running back in 2019 season. He did not play in that season. The ninth highest paid running back missed the entire season for the 49ers and was the highest paid guy in the squad. Tevin Coleman was 16th. Raheem Mostert was 30th. And Matt Breida was a minimum. So I didn't want to count that far. That's a bit of an outlier. But we talk about the 49ers. We talk about Kyle Shanahan. We talk about the other talent that they had on the team in that season. And you quickly realize that Shanahan's a bit of a wizard. He can roll out just about anybody out there as a running back and find success. He also has one of the more unique styles of offense that seems to work no matter who's playing quarterback, no matter who's playing running back, he's getting it done. So even though those numbers are not impressive, nine who missed the entire season, 16-30 and a minimum, Kyle Shanahan, a little bit of a trump card when it comes to contract and cap situations. The Chiefs won that one anyway. On to 2020 and 2021. The Bucs take on the Chiefs and take down the Chiefs. Who do the Bucs have at running back that year? They had Leonard Fournette. He was probably making a lot of money. He was not. He was not at all. He was making a lot more money when he was still in Jacksonville because when he was in Tampa Bay, he was the 31st highest paid running back in the league. Followed by the rest of the Buccaneers running backs, Ronald Jones at 39th and uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, who was a minimum. Not that impressive. What about the Chiefs? What about the losers of that year? 
2020-2021. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who was an end-of-first-round rookie, which makes a huge difference. Because remember what I said about Saquon Barkley? His rookie year, he was the seventh-highest-paid running back, then sixth, third, second, and fifth on his rookie deal. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, being an end-of-first-round pick, was the 38th-highest-paid running back his rookie year. Followed by Darren Will- Darryl Williams, who was a minimum guy, and Le'Veon Bell, who was a veteran minimum guy who already blew his situation with the Jets. There's the trend. There's more, though. Let's move on to the Rams, who make it back to the Super Bowl in 2021-22 season. Where are their running backs at? Todd Gurley no longer on the squad, not the second-highest-paid guy. Now Cooper Cup making some more money, Robert Woods making some more money, Matthew Stafford making some more money. Did it hinder them that they had Sony Michelle, Cam Akers, and Daryl Henderson at 37th-highest-paid, 48th, and 52nd? Don't think so. They won the dang Super Bowl. The Bengals, on the flip side, who lost in that Super Bowl, had Joe Mixon, the fourth-highest-paid running back of that season. Samaj P. Ryan at 47, and Chris Evans at a minimum. But again, let's educate ourselves. Let's be smart about this situation. Let's think about why it worked to pay Joe Mixon the fourth-highest-paid salary for running backs across the league. Well, Joe Burrow wasn't getting paid yet. Jamar Chase isn't getting paid yet. T. Higgins isn't getting paid yet. And Tyler Boyd's getting paid a very reasonable amount of money. So what do they pay? They paid a few O-linemen. They paid some defensive players. They didn't have to pay Jamar Chase yet. Didn't have to pay T. Higgins yet. Didn't have to pay Joe Burrow yet. So it worked out just okay that Joe Mixon was the fourth highest paid running back. And now with Joe Mixon's new contract extension, he actually took a little bit of a pay cut. He dropped down. Now he's two, three, four, five, six, seven, eighth highest paid running back. But again, Jamar Chase not paid yet. T. Higgins not paid yet, but he will be soon. And you best believe that his ability or his realization about his worth being on the Bengals, being higher, is a part of the reason why he didn't push for more, knowing what was true for him, knowing that he's still a top 10 paid running back in the NFL. Because with the Joe Burrow contract coming and the T. Higgins and the Jamar Chase, there ain't that much to go around. We're in a salary-capped sport. So he dropped off. He did not ask for more. He's not holding out. And perhaps they're lucky. Perhaps he knows Perhaps he's just seeing the writing on the wall. I don't know what's right or wrong from a personal perspective, from a human being standpoint, for what these running backs go through, for what they push through, for what they accomplish year in, year out. But for building a team, it's starting to be pretty dang clear to me. So let's move on to 2022-2023, the most recent Super Bowl where the Chiefs took down the Eagles. The running backs for the Super Bowl winning Chiefs. Who is the most important running back on their team? You probably argue that Isaiah Pacheco was. Well, he was the least paid running back. He was a rookie. He's a minimum guy. They also had Clyde Edwards-Alaire on his rookie contract, bumped up to 19th. Ronald Jones, 43rd. Jarek McKinnon, remember him? The ninth highest paid running back for the 49ers who missed the entire season? Well, guess what? He was the 57th highest paid running back, and he played a pretty significant role in the Chiefs' run. In the past game, a couple runs here and there. Not a bad group. 19th, 43rd, 57, and minimum. On the losing side, you got the Eagles. They were running out some guys. Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Kenneth Gainwell. Boston Scott was 35th. Miles Sanders was 36th. And Kenneth Gainwell, I actually counted, 77th highest paid running back. And that's all the Super Bowl winners and losers from the past five or six years. That's what we're looking at here. 
That's what we're talking about when it comes to the teams that have found the most success. When you find the the caveated ones, the ones that are the outliers, the Todd Gurley's and the Joe Mixon's who are extremely well compensated in the years that their teams made the Super Bowl and lost, by the way, there was a very specific reason that their salary cap hit did not affect the building of the team because of rookie quarterbacks, because of cheap rookie type cop, rookie contract uh, wide receivers, because of defenses that were very good, because of offensive lines that were very good. It really, and unfortunately for running backs, makes too much sense to not pay these people. Now I'm going to get into the specificity of the Giants situation with Saquon Barkley because I do think it's a little bit unique right now. In this exact moment, it is a unique situation. Saquon Barkley means a lot more to the Giants' offense than all the wide receivers combined. It's obvious. When he was running last year and running well, this team moved the ball consistently. When him and Daniel Jones were picking up first downs, when he was breaking off big runs, and he wasn't really catching the ball a ton last year, he only had 338 receiving yards, but it's obvious what he does to this offense. It's obvious that he makes a huge impact on what they can do. But with all that being said, it is incredibly difficult for me, knowing what I know, looking at all the numbers of all the highest paid running backs and all the numbers of these not high paid quarterbacks who are consistently in Super Bowls because the rest of their team is built out because their offensive lines are good because they have elite quarterback play because they have elite wide receiver play. So again, it's really hard for me to blame the Giants for not pushing further to pay him more and more consistently. They franchise tag him. Where would the franchise tag land Saquon Barkley in 2023? He would be the fifth highest paid running back in the NFL on the franchise tag. I understand that that is somewhere you do not want to be as a player. Can it work for you? Yes, it can. Is it more likely to work for you in a different position on the field? Yes, probably, a la Kirk Cousins. We know how that one worked out. He made a bag, made a bag, and then made another bag because he's a quarterback and he's very healthy. For a running back, you can't always trust that. But my big question mark to Saquon Barkley's situation here is about what would happen if he decides to not play this season. If he decides to to hold out, he loses the $10 million that he's going to get this year, which is the fifth highest paid running back in the league, in hopes of getting a bigger contract down the road to get a more guaranteed deal down the road. Something that I understand why you'd aspire for that. I understand why you'd want that. Obviously, all that makes sense, and the human element of me agrees with that notion. But if he holds out, he doesn't get paid. So right off the bat, whatever the next contract is, if he gets a, you know, 4 for 40 or a 4 for 45 or, God forbid, a 4 for 50, which doesn't really happen very frequently here for running backs in the NFL, what's that team going to look like? And also, remember to subtract $10 million off the top of that deal because he lost $10 million for holding out. It's kind of simple math. So if he ends up making, let's say, 12 or 13 or $14 million a year, right now the, 
The highest cap number in the NFL for running backs is Derrick Henry, $16 million. And then Nick Chubb at $14 million. Then you take drop to Tony Pollard, Josh Jacobs at 10 right around Saquon Barkley. You are hoping to get a contract like Derrick Henry. You are hoping to get a contract like Nick Chubb. And if you do, that's great. You're still netting out a much higher guaranteed amount of money for yourself and your future and your family and et cetera, which is a beautiful thing for any athlete who can get that and secure that. But you're chopping off $10 million. You're also not doing what we all love in sports, which is betting on yourself, which is something that if you ask a Giants fan and a football fan, you'd expect Saquon to have that attitude. I mean, his attitude is fantastic. He's such a put-together, positive individual who all Giants fans adore. Now, did every Giants fan agree they should have taken him that high in the draft the year that they did? No. I was one who didn't agree with it, and it had nothing to do with Saquon Barkley. It had everything to do with the numbers I talked about before. The Giants have been paying a rookie running back a top five-ish salary for running backs across the league since this man was drafted. And that stings. And that makes it a lot harder to wheel and deal in other positions. Hence where this receiving core is. And you could argue that if Galladay worked out, we'd be feeling a lot different. And maybe that's the case. But the O-line still wasn't good. And the spending there, obviously, was also terrible. But it hindered them. They had to get rid of defensive backs who they liked. They had to cut costs where they could. And again, it's not Saquon Barkley's fault. But it's also not the New York Giants' fault. And to me, that's a very important thing to remember. You can be pro-player. I mostly am. But I'm also pro-franchises doing what they think is the best thing to put out a winning team consistently over time. Now, there's a chance that they pay Saquon Barkley and he's great for three or four more years and the contract doesn't seem so bad. But if that contract hinders them adding to their receiving core, where does the ceiling of this team go? Does the ceiling of this team raise to a level to actually make them a championship contender? We could also make the argument that with Daniel Jones at quarterback, it might not happen. Or you can make the argument with Daniel Jones at quarterback, everything else has to be perfect for them to be anything more than a first-round exit. Or a second-round exit, if you will, because that's what they did last year. The Giants' wiggle room is already thin. The Giants' ability to get better in key positions is already not easy to find. If they decided to give Saquon Barkley the contract that he was looking for, which is a lot of guaranteed money and $12-plus per year, those margins get even smaller. And where is the true you know, light at the end of the tunnel for the Giants? Is it by having a top five running back? Or is it bolstering their receiving core from probably a bottom five receiving core to a top half receiving core and still now paying the O-lineman like Andrew Thomas, who's working out and looked at as a top O-lineman in the league and continuing to bolster that defense? If I say in Brian Dable, we trust. It's something that Giants fans feel good about in this moment. It's something that we can say, we trust him to make Daniel Jones his best self, to get the most out of this receiving core for as good or as bad as it is, and to do something at the running back position, even without a top five talent like Saquon Barkley. Because again, you look through those lists, 
you look through those teams. And if you take out the Chiefs of the world because of the Patrick Mahomes factor, you look at the Eagles last year, and I think that's one of the best ones you can. Jalen Hurts is a very good quarterback. Jalen Hurts is not Patrick Mahomes. And they were paying Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, and Kenneth Gainwell. 35, 36, 77. And what else were they doing? They went out and paid A.J. Brown. They're paying Devontae Smith top half of the first round money as a wide receiver. They got a Dallas Goddard, who's a top-end tight end in the league. They got a defense that's stacked with stars. A lot of those are getting paid. They got offensive linemen who are getting paid. And what did they do this year? They went out and got DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions, a guy who also is not getting paid very much right now. DeAndre Swift still making $1.7 million as the Eagles' new running back. It's a priorities thing. For as much as you want it to be a running backs thing, it's not. It's an NFL-wide cap situation, team-building priorities. That's what it comes down to. And unfortunately, this situation has less to do with Saquon Barkley than we'd want it to. Because all things considered, this team is so much better with Saquon Barkley on it. This team can actually get first downs consistently, in part, because of what Saquon Barkley can do. But, if this team continues to go in the right direction, and to add other pieces where they need to, receiving, offensive line, defense, etc., they're still going to get first downs. Their offense is still going to be good. And whatever running back that they get, like so many other teams have done in the drafts, marginal free agent pickups, there's a chance that they do well enough to keep this team moving in the right direction. It's not a great situation for running backs, but it is one that makes sense. It is one that when you really think about it and splice the numbers and educate yourself on it, It's an unfortunate truth about the NFL right now. That's all I got. Subway Sports Talk, quick one for you guys today. Solo podcast, Pete Kennedy, right here, SST. Appreciate you guys for listening. Don't forget, subscribe, rate, review on your podcast apps. Hopefully, like myself, you're starting to think about the football season a little bit. Yankees just dropped a couple to the Angels. The Mets actually just won a couple in a row. We'll see what that means, if anything at all. Probably not. Baseball is baseball. Not great right now. That's baseball, Susan. But we do have football to look forward to. We do have a Jets team that's going to be pretty damn exciting with a chance to make some noise. We do have a Giants team that should compete. I'm hoping it's with Saquon Barkley out there. I'm hoping that he decides to play, and I think he will. He's one of those guys that we talk about like a Kevin Durant who loves to ball, right? Kevin Durant loves to play basketball. Damian Lillard loves to play basketball. For all the things we're saying about when they request trades, are they going to sit out? Are they not going to show? Some guys love to compete. They want to win. They put their team right up in front. Saquon seems like that type of guy. And I don't know if he's actually going to hold out. Obviously, how would I know? My gut says he won't. My gut says he'll get a contract that's in the right range for both sides that'll guarantee him some good money some top 10-ish running back money per year. And you're going to look across the league and say, gosh, am I happy that we don't have an Ezekiel Elliott contract? Gosh, am I happy we don't have a Derrick Henry contract? Gosh, am I happy we're not paying a running back 16 million? You'll be thrilled to have Saquon, 
but you will not be as thrilled if his money is hindering advancement at the other very important positions that the Giants need advancement. We're going to do more football talk as we move forward. We're going to do some more baseball talk as we move forward because it's still that time of the year and it's exciting. I'm starting to listen to some fantasy podcasts, starting to get into that, that space a little bit. Think about those drafts. They're going to be knocking at the door before you know it. The group chats get fired up. Yo, who's free to draft on August 29th? Ah, I got a wedding. Goddamn. (laughs) It's coming up. It's coming up that time of the year. And I'm excited for it. I am pumped. I am hopeful that Saquon Barkley is in giant blue when September rolls around. I'm not necessarily confident, but I am hopeful with that distinction. But again, thank you for listening. Pete Kennedy. That's all we got. Subway Sports Talk. Tell your friends. We'll talk to you soon. Cheers.